1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman here, as always, with Tom Orr. Tom, please, stop fiddling. <laughs>
0: How's it going? Oh, Tony, Kevin's not here tonight. So we have to figure this out on our own, which... Fiddle Well, away. well if you're listening and wondering, why does this sound terrible? Or watching and wondering, why does this look terrible? well. Kevin's not here.
1: We're making do. This is a Wednesday night session we talked with, I'm not going to get everybody, mm-hmm. Ryan Day, Comcord, Tyleek Williams, Marvin Harrison, Davis Nick Igbenosan, Jordan Hancock, Kate Stover, Donovan Xavier ja- Johnson. Donovan Jackson. I was going to say Donovan Jackson. And that is it? Is that everybody?
0: Cody Simon. But Cody I didn't, Simon. I didn't get over to Cody yeah, okay.
1: Simon. Yeah, I did not see him, but uh, a, a big crew. This is a new thing that we're doing on Wednesdays now with Ryan Day. I don't know if we're going to continue to do it, but the Thursday lightning round has been moved to Wednesday. So we got him for 10 minutes. And of course, immediately, Tom, questions were asked about the health of the guys, namely Mecca, Buka, Denzel, Burke. We, I did see, I saw Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams walk in, looked like they had been practicing. Mm-hmm. I did not get a look at, I did not find Denzel. And I did not find Mecca. but Day was typical. On the injury yeah, yeah,
0: and the questions were. I think at this point, everyone sort of knows. If you just ask, so, what's the deal mm. with? Hey, what's the latest on the health of fill in the blank? You are going to get. Yeah, we'll find out. You know, we'll all find out together on Saturday when we release the availability report. And frankly, I think he may have more information. Like, I don't think he's waiting for that. I don't want to call oh. anyone a liar, but. So the questions were more framed as, so if Mecca can't go, would that be more of an opportunity for Carnell Tate? And if Denzel Burke isn't able to go, would that be more of an opportunity for Jermaine Matthews? And, you know, of the two, I, it sounded, I mean, were, you were there. Did you, yeah. did you get the sense that maybe it is more Carnell Tate
1: than Jermaine Matthews? Well, and Ryan Day said, Carnell Tate, I don't have the exact words, but he, Carnell Tate needs to be ready to go, needs to go. And I'm writing this down in the notes. You can find it on buckeyehuddle.com. But as I'm writing it, I realize if I don't put more context here about the injury, it's just going to sound like Ryan Day answers a question about Mecca Buka and says Cardinal Tate needs to be ready Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And that's not exactly how it was, but he did say at this point, the the other point that I liked, he said, this is the time of the season where you start seeing the freshmen who are going to be really good and become great sophomores start to emerge during their freshman seasons, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Jackson Smith and Jigma never really had this because he was a COVID yeah. freshman. So he never really had this opportunity. But we're starting to see that. So I saw that from Carnell Tate last week. I, at this point, we've, we've talked about it before. He is now to the point where he, they could put him in at any time. Yeah. And that's pretty good for a freshman.
0: Yeah. He feels like someone who he could get a start with the top three wide receivers, all healthy. And whether that's them starting with the four wide receiver mm-hmm. formation or maybe he jump someone in line or whatever i could see that happening at some point this season i'm you know i'm not expecting him to beat marvin harrison out for the position or whatever but that wouldn't completely shock me if you know and even if that was just like well just for the first drive and then whoever else comes in for the second drive it just it wouldn't completely shock me because it feels like he has earned his way into that mix at this point and that's you go back over the years and just thinking back to you know when did marvin harrison really got on the field and first really got noticed in like the Indiana game, which was kind of like a late October kind of game. And they spin move on a catch Mm -hmm. there. Garrett Wilson, you know, he scored late in the Miami game when it was 76 to five, but he really started getting on the field more late September or early to mid-October. Chris Olave, kind of the same basic timetable. This just, this sort of feels like about the time when if it's going to happen, you usually start to see signs that it's about to happen sometime around now.
1: Well, and I think it is happening. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're seeing that, and so it's only natural that it continues. Now, it doesn't mean there's going to be three or four catches every week, but you're, you're going to see him throughout the game, and it's not just in the so-called garbage time. The other side of the ball with Jermaine Matthews, if Denzel Burke isn't ready to go, Jermaine Matthews is basically the next man in. It just depends on how much they want to put Jordan Hancock outside versus inside. So you could see, it, it, w- it wouldn't be crazy to see Jermaine Matthews starting outside this week, starting the game at quarter if Denzel Burke can't go because he played 25 snaps, I think. Uh, most of those outside, Jordan, uh, all of those outside, but Jordan Hancock came in and started, played some outside when Denzel Burke was out, but mostly played inside. So it just depends on how they are preparing this week. I, I, are they preparing for Jermaine Matthews to play, or are they pre- preparing Jordan Hancock more on the outside? Because I also think this is a game where Jordan Hancock might be used more outside than inside with Penn State's style of offense, other than the third and longs.
0: Yeah, you know, could you just put Sonny Styles inside so. and you put, kick Jordan Hancock mm-hmm. outside? Hancock was asked about that and said, basically, I, I've practiced plenty outside. It's not, you know, that he hasn't forgotten how to play outside oh, just because okay. he's been playing inside. In that kind of nickel slash safety slash slot corner kind of role for most of this season it didn't sound like that was going to be a big concern from his end and you know if that makes sense he that's where they sort of recruited him to play and and so you know he's got plenty of experience there J.R. brown is still i mean was banged up last week right that's, that's
1: right yeah, yeah he was out yeah. he was
0: out last week yeah i was just kind of going through the injury list from last week in my head and trying to remember if he was on and i was pretty sure he was so yeah, that's why he's not potentially in that in that conversation
1: everybody loves jermaine matthews mm-hmm. marvin harrison was asked about him said he's got all the confidence in the world basically like this is a kid who came in and has been competing from day one and marvin harrison doesn't say this he doesn't say like i'm marvin harrison and this kid you know but <laughs> and i approve this message yeah but like he came in and challenged marvin harrison challenged everybody and uh, that's one of the things jim knowles loves about him Talking to Davis Nigbinoson about him, he said, like, he has so much talent and he just continues to get better and is a, just a um, energetic guy. That's something that Jim Knowles also said, but they all are confident that he's going to, if he needs to play, he can play. He's still just a true freshman. But at this point, I think Ryan Day has said it true freshman, when you've been in the spring, which Jermaine Matthews was. I know he's told some guys that you are no longer freshman. Mm -hmm. I think that he's one of them.
0: Yeah, I think so, for sure. And, you know, this is not just us retconning this either. If you go back to when we did the black stripe draft in the spring, who were the first two guys off the board?
1: Was it Tate and Matthews? Jermaine
0: Matthews and Carnell Tate. I mean, this is this has kind of been, you have sort of seen this coming for months and months now. And and it's just, yeah, you're not really freshman anymore. But, I mean, you're still kind of freshman. You know, you are literally still freshman. But... These are guys who have sort of, you know, it's like shoots and ladders and they've taken a couple ladders mm-hmm. and all of a sudden all the rest of the class is on space eight, they're on space 23 and then they get another one and oh, now they're up at 45 and you can sort of, you know, if you stay ahead of the curve, you can get on the field before other guys. And Luke Montgomery is another guy like this where, yeah, he's just, he's not starting, but he's in that Buffalo package and was from day one as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. As an offensive lineman, that is you know, that's the my kids have outgrown chutes and ladders for a number of years, but there, there's a big ladder somewhere from about 15 to like 84. That's like that ladder. So th- there are plenty of, you know, there are plenty of guys on this team who are stepping up to fill some of the holes. And, you know, some of that is, hey, you need a sixth offensive lineman kind of guy for that package. And some of it is, well, guys, a guy's hurt, next man up. Sometimes that next man up is a freshman.
1: Yeah. And they're, they're no longer freshmen but they're still going through things for the first time like this is going to be the biggest game that these guys have mm-hmm. played in ohio stadium yeah i think the atmosphere at notre dame the situation at notre dame helps all of their raises all of their experience level the bars are you know mm-hmm. longer there so they have that experience but this is going to be a new one against a big ten opponent a, a as kyle McCord said a rival so it's going to be new even though they have some experience to build on the last thing i want to talk about with ryan day talking about the, the time of possession concerns everybody. <laughs> it concerns Jim Knowles, concerns Ryan Day, because Penn State will take their time. They will. Uh, they have been the beneficiary of some really bad quarterback play. I think they had four interceptions against Illinois, but, and also by opposing teams. Just to yeah, be clear, yes, we'll we'll get to the Drew Aller later on in the week, perhaps, but they the, the, they they intercepted Illinois, Iowa's quarterbacks. They they sacked and f- forced fumbles. I was watching the Iowa game today and Cade McNamara throws a pass. It's way overthrown and it hits the ground before a Penn State defender can intercept it. And you see McNamara in the background saying, incomplete, incomplete. (laughs) Like that's, that's never a good sign when you've got, you get a quarterback, like immediately saying that's an incomplete pass. But these are the, the offenses that Penn State has faced, which has given their own offense, the ball to just pound and pound and just Mm -hmm. go station to station. And... I'll be interested to, and we'll talk about this many more times, but how, We don't even need to get into it tonight, but Jim Knowles talking about getting Penn State off schedule. He talked about that yesterday, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah, they have been such an efficient
0: offense. They haven't been explosive in any real way, but they've been efficient, and it just stayed on schedule, and it's been, sec, you know, first and 10, second and four, third and one, first and 10. And you're just, you're picking up your, you know, more than half of what you need to get, and that's how you stay on schedule. You score your, you know, you keep the chains moving. You hang on to the football, keep your defense off the field. What I'm going to be interested to see is when they're playing a team that is going to probably score, you know, I don't want to go overboard, but I think Ohio State probably has a better offense than either UMass or Iowa. For example, Northwestern, probably. It's going to be interesting to see Northwestern, Penn State has really not had to make the big plays. They've been able to just sort of go station to station, play small ball, just kind of churn the clock, not show a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I have not, you've watched more Penn State than I have, but I, I don't get the sense that they've gone crazy. It's been, you know, Jim Franklin talked about this week. He, you know, he was asked about the lack of explosive pass plays. And his response was about the fact that, hey, the, you you dream of having a quarterback who's willing to take mm-hmm. a check down. No one dreams of taking a check down. Everyone, when they're little, dreams of throwing the deep ball. Chicks dig the long ball, Tony. There was a commercial back in the 90s that told me that. They... To are down with check downs? Uh, you, I'd have to ask Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. I don't remember. But they they have just... To have a quarterback who is willing to do that... Mm-hmm. James Franklin talked about the fact that like this is a good thing. People are t- feeling this is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. With Ohio State's defense being probably better able to cover, better able to get pressure, better able to potentially stop the run, maybe get Penn State off schedule. You wonder, are they gonna have to press a little bit more? Does that lead to mistakes or is this, Penn State's been sandbagging a little bit all year cause they haven't really needed to do more than that.
1: Yeah, that's, we're all gonna find out that together. Any, who who did you have? You were running all over the place. Yeah, I was
0: running all over the place. I had Kyle McCord was the last guy. Mm -hmm. Kyle McCord obviously got asked multiple times in a six-minute span about being a Pennsylvania high school player who came to Ohio State. He was at the 2018 Ohio (laughs) State-Penn State State game as a recruit. He he had a Penn State offer at the time, not an Ohio State offer. So he, you know, said, you know, I think he probably was wearing a white hoodie, I'm going to guess, at that game and probably rooting for Penn State. And... You know, he said he watched Dwayne Haskins lead that Ohio State offense. And he said, you know, he had not necessarily, you know, he didn't necessarily view Ohio State as a great fit because prior to that, it was a lot of, you know, JT Barrett or Braxton Miller or guys like that who were not necessarily Kyle McCord style yeah. passers. Dwayne Haskins is a little more of a Kyle McCord style passer, So he said he watched that game and it was, huh. Penn State, he said, was well, his second choice. He, But he said, you know, when he got the green light from Ryan Day to to commit, it was not, I don't think it was a real serious debate at that point. But, you know, he said he's played the high school ball for, you know, with and against plenty of guys on that Penn State team. So, you know, anytime you're playing a game like that, on top of all the other reasons this game is a consequential thing, that also is going to be a little bit of extra juice for him, I'm sure.
1: He mentioned that green light, and I immediately thought, well, this is not going to be the last time we talk about that green light. That'll come up. Michigan week. Gee, Tony, why? (laughs) The why is because Kyle McCord was given the green light to commit, and Jim McCarthy was not given the green light to commit to Ohio State. And I don't know, it may have caused some rough feelings for the McCarthy family. Mm, mm. I don't know. I'm sure it's water under the bridge. Doesn't bother McCarthy at all anymore. Mm. He's doing just fine. Mm -hmm. Perhaps a revenge tour Mm -hmm. 2.0 for Michigan. We'll see. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Get in on the NFL action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code HUDDLE UP to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HUDDLE UP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Twenty-one and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/football. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It is
0: Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: was talking about the amount of blitzes that he faced against Purdue. And he said they brought five, six, seven just about every single snap. So while Penn State plays a different defense, just being that with that kind of pressure forces you to deal with it and mm-hmm. that helps you along the way. So he felt he's done pretty well with blitzes. And I think if you look at the advanced metrics and the stats like that, mm-hmm. that bears out. They're one of the better teams against the blitz and he's doing a good job. It helps to just be able to, you know, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna find Marv and that's gonna mm-hmm. help me. And that's I don't know what the EPA on that one is. Yeah. Like seven, 15.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have, I did not, I have not looked up those stats, particularly Ohio State's offense against the Blitz, Kyle McCord against the Blitz. But he said, you know, regardless of what the stats say, he feels like they've done a pretty good job. And he said, that's not just, he does a good job. Mm -hmm. That's the receivers get off the line and get, you know, can get open and get downfield. The line, he said, very willing to stick their face in there, give him that extra second. because. A lot of times that's the difference between the guy gets there or the guy doesn't get there. I Think about how many times over the years Ohio State's defensive line has almost gotten there but not quite. And the difference between that and you do get there and you hit the throwing arm and it's a fumble and it's a scoop and score, whatever it is, that half second, that second can be the difference between a touchdown one way and a touchdown the other way.
1: Yeah. Talking to Marvin Harrison, eventually people got around to talking about it, asking about his drops. You know, it's... the the d word with marvin harrison's Mm. drops last week he said that what was it the weather was like there's no excuse Mm -hmm. you know he said uh, if any incompletion that is thrown to him he considers a drop so that's the kind of standard that he lives up to and he said just talking about the quote is i feel like i'm never playing up to my standard because my standard is perfection Mm -hmm. it's like i i relate in many ways to that i also don't ever play up to my standard that's the part, Tom, not the, the latter. You don't
0: ever play up to my standard either. <laughs> but, Speaking of Marvin Harrison, I'm just going to uh, pan this over there. You're never going to believe it, but Marvin Harrison yeah. is working on the Monarch machine
1: right over there. He and uh, Reece Stocksdale are out there right now working yeah. on that. He talked about how much he was bothered by those drops because so the thing that hurt most is because he's prepared. Mm-hmm. He believes he's the hardest working player in college football, and when you have something like that, he wasn't gonna blame anything on the weather or anything like that. Just disappointing because he knows he obviously can do better, just like everybody else does. But he'd, he's also prepared to do better, and it didn't work out. Yeah, he, you know, and
0: I think the the standard for him is so high right now. He he was not on the midseason All American list for someone or other. I don't know who someone put out a midseason All American list this week, and Marvin Harrison, which wasn't on there, which yeah, okay. But I mean, that's, you know, the standard is, well, this guy should just be making, and why isn't this guy making the one foot inbounds, one foot, six feet outbounds, out of bounds, gravity defying catch? Why isn't he doing that three times a game? And, you know, he's, he has had, I think if you've watched him, you recognize like he lost a touchdown on a bad penalty that the Big Ten said was a bad penalty in, I think the first in the Indiana game and then maybe lost another one later on another penalty and then had another one that got overturned on replay. And so he, you know, his stat line is not what it probably could be or is very close to being. But, you know, when you are drawing up a defense to face this year's Ohio State team, where does the defensive plan start?
1: Yeah, it starts with him. And that's where I think James Franklin said exactly that. It starts with Marvin Harrison when you're talking about the Ohio State skill positions. And he's the thing I like about James Franklin every year or every time you listen to him, like, when he previews a game, he'll r- rattle through all of these mm-hmm. names. Like, it's not one of these coaches, like, number 14, number 15. Yeah. Like, he'll give you their names, mm-hmm. where they're from, maybe a family member as well. And, I mean, he even knew Jaden Fielding. So it's mm-hmm. like, he he's, he studies this stuff. And, obviously, it starts with Marvin and talking about his body control and the way he can just, he, he's, he's a physical guy, but he's also quick. He compared him to, he's like, you know, kind of like Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. But six feet three. Right. Instead yeah. of, you know, six foot or whatever. And that's the kind of difficult matchup that he poses, especially when he's catching the ball.
0: Yeah. And I would not expect a big issue with catching the ball Boy. again this weekend. That seems like, if, you know, that I would be pretty surprised if that was a more than one week thing. And I saw a question in the chat earlier about the, the weather for this Saturday. Uh, last I saw the weather forecast for this weekend... Was basically what the weather forecast for last weekend was at this time of the week, which was, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's going to rain. Maybe it's not 40% chance of rain, 50% chance of rain in the afternoon, which is really helpful information in that either it's going to rain or it's not. That's what 50% chance of rain means. So, yeah, last week, the weather forecast got better and better Mm -hmm. throughout the week to the point that Saturday morning we were driving over to the game and went, oh, good. There's no rain, no rain at all in the forecast. It's great. And then it rained for basically the entire last two-thirds of the game.
1: Yeah, looking right now, cloudy with occasional showers, Tom. So chance of rain, 40%. Yeah. Cover our bases. <laughs> bring your poncho. Bring your umbrella. Bring you know, anything to prepare for the weather so that the weather will hold off. That's yeah. usually how it goes. But yeah. Do we have questions? we want to get some questions? Uh, do you have anything we've else, seen
0: cu- We've seen a cut. I did not have anything else glaring. I was at Ryan Day for a good chunk of it. And then mm-hmm. talked about Jordan Hancock already. Talked about Kyle uh, McCord already. So if you guys have questions, feel free to leave leave those in the chat for us. We will go through those for you. Also, make sure you hit that thumbs up for us. We would appreciate that. JJ says, hope everyone is having a good evening from Kentucky. McChickens, hello. Yes, there's Frank's question about the weather. Mm-hmm. Yes, Thomas Hero says, it's supposed to be some drizzle that morning. Not sure if we'll move out before kickoff. Temps in the low to mid-50s for the game. Yeah, it sounds about
1: yeah. like... that was last week. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected, like you said, it to rain as much as it did last week. Again, in the press box, it was fine, but I did notice some sprinkles.
0: Mm-hmm. I think McChickens is asking about the Twitter thing again. I left a comment in the YouTube a couple weeks ago or a week or two ago. I don't know what your YouTube, your Twitter handle is. I've blocked like five people on Twitter ever. So I, th- I found someone who I thought was you and unblocked them. But if it, that was not, you'll have to leave it out there. Hamasira, you have to let me know in the comments what your name is on Twitter. Treasure the taurus is what's up everyone hello treasure hello, good to Tracer. see you Thomas hero wants to know was a mecca out there today i guess let's circle back and yeah, touch on the injury situation again after practice you saw we they're kind of streaming in as we're also trying to set up our interview right so it gets hectic it gets a little hectic what was your who uh, did you see
1: I, I saw travion henderson and Mayan williams walk in with the running backs i did not see chip with them but mm-hmm. i saw you know dallant hayden and a uh, scout team running back I saw the re- some of the receivers come in, did not see Mecca with them. I did not see Denzel Burke with uh, a couple of the corners as they walked in. So the guys that probably, Mecca and Denzel Burke, at this point, we're not going to rule them out, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rule them in at this point, I guess is what we would say. So uh, I would expect them to be getting ready for other people to play, Yeah, and- but it's also...
0: This is Wednesday. Right. It's Wednesday. If they're not practicing tomorrow, they're probably not mm. playing, would be my guess. But yeah, the, Ryan Day was asked about Emeka Ibuka, and, you know, sounds like Cardinal Tate maybe gets more of those reps if Emeka Ibuka doesn't go. If Denzel Burke doesn't go, it's maybe Jermaine Matthews outside and Jordan Hancock in the slot, or maybe it's Jordan Hancock mm-hmm. outside and like Sonny Styles in the slot. We'll see. Jordan Kapler wants to know what's the status of Tommy Togi. There is a deep cut for you. But Jeremiah Yoder says, Hey there, guys. I say Ohio State has an 80 plus, 80% plus chance to win on Saturday. What do you all say?
1: Hey, that's too high for me. Yeah. But I have been watching a lot of Penn State. And the more I watch, I, for statecollege.com, I was uh, doing a QA with Ben Jones, Penn State beat writer for statecollege.com. And, just, you know, he's giving me questions. I'm giving him the answers. Then the last question is, Score predictions are terrible. It's not fair to ask, but give me one. And it's like, I did this last night, Tuesday, which is way too early. But I went 24-20. And then the more I watch Penn State, I'm thinking, they're going to need the defense, I think, to... Penn State will need the defense to create a short field to get to that 20. And yeah. I think that's very possible Yeah, with the way they get after the quarterback. That is another thing Kyle McCord, we didn't touch on, talked about ball security and mm-hmm. being strong with the ball yeah. in the pocket because he is going to get pressured. and the the, the I'm going to have to go through and look at all the Penn State scoring drives to see how many 40 yards and under drives they have. Because as, as Jim Knowles and Ryan Day have both said, Penn State leads the nation in number of plays in the red zone this year. And that's not because they're driving 70 yards to it. That's mm-hmm. because they're driving 15 yards to it.
0: Yeah. He talked about that in terms of it being a complimentary stat where it's like, oh, that sounds like a great play, a great stat for the offense. And it's like, well, the reason is yeah, they don't have to go 80 yards to get there. They're Sometimes they're playing Iowa and they just get handed the ball in the red zone. If
1: Ohio State doesn't turn it over, I'm I'm still not going to go at 80%, but, you know, I'm north of 60. Yeah, I mean, if you tell me Ohio State,
0: you know, Ohio State doesn't turn the ball over, I would say, yeah, north of 60% chance. I think there's a lot that we don't know about Penn State. I think that anytime you can make big plays... I think you know, in a, in a way that no one that Penn State has played yet this year yep. can has been able to make big plays in offense. If you can make big plays, and Ohio State can through the passing game, especially, I think that you know you pop one of those in what I'm expecting to be a low scoring game. That's a that's a game changer. You yeah. pop one big play. I, I think you know Drew Aller has been very solid so far. V- solid but unspectacular. Yeah, let's there you go. Say he's. Yeah. He has not turned the ball over, which is, that's good. I mean, that's for a true freshman quarter, or not a true freshman, a first-year starter quarterback. If, you're true, if your first-year starter quarterback has not turned the ball over on an interception, th- that's good. As a coach, you're going to take that. And so far, he has not been asked to make bigger plays. They've been okay with being a little bit of a mm-hmm. check-down quarterback and being a little bit of a game manager. And, you know, we talked earlier about the fact that James Franklin sort of bristled at both of those terms and was like, no, that, that's what we want him to do. We want him to be playing it safe. You dream about having a quarterback who's willing to take the safe play, protect the football. If he has to do more than that, and he has to do that on the road, and he has to do that against the best defense he's plays, played, and he has to do that, and it's maybe raining a little bit, and he has to do that against, mm. you know, a secondary that has been pretty opportunistic this year. I, I think there's a chance that goes pear-shaped for him. I, I still think this is a very close, relatively low-scoring game. Yeah, so do I.
1: I. I think if Jermaine Matthews is out there, maybe they st- they take some shots at him mm-hmm. because yep, that is their that would be their best hope. Also, maybe take some shots at Davis and Igbinos expecting maybe a flag or two. So you take you throw a forty-yard pass for a fifteen-yard penalty.
0: Yep. And Jeremiah hey, Yoder right. says, okay, how about a seventy percent plus chance of Ohio State winning this game? Who has the better defense, Penn State or Maryland? We all know how the Maryland game ended up. I mean, I. I think there's a, I I think that this is a better defense in Maryland. for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, statistically, it's the best defense in the nation, but statistically it should based on the number of the offenses they've placed, they've played. Chris Shock says, is there an overall vibe from
0: the folks you spoke to? Confident, respectful of the kittens' trepidation? I mean, everyone is always very respectful this time of year. I mean, James Franklin, I, I did, if you are on the Buckeye Weekly podcast feed, if you go back one show on this, I did a bonus episode today where I just went through James Franklin's press conference because I wanted to listen to it. And I always love listening to James Franklin mm-hmm. talk about football. He just, you know, when, when, when we're dividing up, you know, obviously we're obviously going to cover Ryan Day at Big Ten Media Days. We're going to go cover Jim Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Days. We're going to go cover James Franklin at Big Ten Media Days. I always raise my hand to go do the James Franklin one because I just, I love James Franklin. I think people who just know him as the guy who sometimes screws up the late game yeah. clock stuff. And the guy who yelled about them not being a lead a couple of years ago. And that's all they know about James Franklin. Very thoughtful guy. Really like talking to him, Very honest. And we'll mm-hmm. just, no, he'll, he will give you his honest the thoughts park. and stuff. Yeah, he will talk. And he is, he talks like a human being. Right? Yeah. He's someone, you talk to him and you go like, oh yeah, I get why kids want to come play for him. A hundred percent. So if you go back one show in this podcast feed in Buckeye Weekly, you can find a whole show with like 30 minutes of James Franklin talking about it, a bunch of different stuff. But, you know, he talks, he was going through the different Ohio State players and kind of running through it and talking about how much respect they have for all these different guys. And that's kind of the tone of this week. No one wants to say anything that ends up on the bulletin board somewhere else. So, you know, that, that's kind of
1: that's kind of the tone. I don't,
0: uh, I mean, Jim, I, don't, I don't think anyone seemed no,
1: tight. No, I, I think I haven't seen too much from, from the Penn State side because we're covering Ohio State side. But I mean, they're all in a good mood. Tyler mm-hmm. Williams is joking around. You know, Kyle McCord doesn't seem pressed at all. I think going through, as Ryan Day said, they have scars from last year. Going through that, and this is a veteran team, going through the Notre Dame game, this is not just another game, but in a sense, it is another game. It's the next game. Yeah. So I think the, it's not bigger than... It's not too big for them, and, and maybe playing it at noon helps. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be... You know i mean it's going to be a
0: good atmosphere it's not going to be a prime time whiteout atmosphere i mean the, the atmosphere at penn state last year was not the prime time whiteout atmosphere just a noon game you just can't quite make into a prime time game i did forget donovan jackson was asked what his favorite time of game day to play games was he said he liked 3 30 because you're not getting up too early mm-hmm. but also you can get yeah. home and watch uh, the, uh, the late games, I assume he meant the Buckeye Buckeye huddle, uh, post game show, right. but, you Correct. know, I mean, he, he had to, you know, be diplomatic, uh, in front of all the other media outlets.
1: Ohio state is asking fans to get to campus mm. and get to the game early, get into your seats early. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day has been adamant that the fans can have an impact on this game. So if you'd rather just complain that Ohio state, you know, lost and it's yeah. not your fault, Get there early and try to help them win, I guess, is what Ohio State is saying.
0: Yeah, and as someone who is routinely I get here or about eight o'clock or before mm-hmm. for the noon kickoffs against like Youngstown State, your life will be better yes. if you get in and get parked and <laughs> just wander around and hang out and whatever. If you don't have to deal with traffic, that is a good thing. So I had, gates are opening two hours yeah. before kickoff, which I thought was the normal That's, time so but did they I, acting but like that they was may have, not.
1: Yeah, you know, I had somebody ask me about parking like I can park wherever I want because I, I get here <laughs> early enough. I get there early and you're going to be okay.
0: Yep. Thomas Versetti says Eller hasn't had to make a play all season. That can't be a good thing for Penn State.
1: Well, and y- y- the thing is you don't know until they ha- they're they forced to do it. So we found that out about Kyle Cord. We have not found that out about Drew Eller yet, and it, we may mm-hmm. one yeah. way or the other.
0: Yeah, it does. It does feel like this is going to be a little bit of a crucible for both of those guys. I mean, Cal McCourt obviously had to come out and win that Notre Dame game and did. Oh and, you know, you go, you, you see the throw to Rebecca Buka down to the one and it's like, wow, that was, you know, that that was like a Heisman caliber throw. And then you go back a couple of plays before that and it was like, oh boy, I'm probably good for him that the Notre Dame defender dropped the pass he had two hands on because otherwise that that game ends very different.
1: Yeah. If defenders caught as many passes as they should have this year, Cal McCourt probably has four or five interceptions. And yeah. so he, he's going to have to be careful. but. You can't be so careful that you're not uh, aggressive.
0: The CT Foster says, is the blocking for QB run schemes like we saw with Brown easier than blocking in other situations? I mean, the, the thing that, Tony, I'm going to channel my Urb, inner Urban Meyer yeah. here and say running with the quarterback gives you a plus one in the run game. And so you do have an extra body. And like, for example, on the Devin Brown touchdown, it, they that you'll, you will see this on the show I did with Ross Fulton that dropped earlier this afternoon on the Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning feed talked about the fact that it looks like that's a zone read play. The first touchdown that Devin Brown scores, it looks like it's a zone read play, and he keeps it. It's actually a designed, it's almost like a fake zone read play, and now I'm forgetting what they I think it was a pop something. Ross had the, Ross is the smart football yeah. person, not me, so listen to that episode on the Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning feed. But he sort of fakes the give to Chip Trainum, and then Chip Trainum takes off as a lead blocker for him. So you do have an extra blocker there if the quarterback is the one with the football and the running back is running ahead of him. As opposed to the running back there, you know, having the ball and then the quarterback just standing there. So that does help with the numbers there in that run game. Let's see. Lafayette says, Bucks 24 16.
1: I think that's very doable. Yeah. I think the red zone
0: success is going to dictate a lot in this game. Treasure of the Taurus says, I never really predict score, but I have Ohio State by 14 points. I mean, that's certainly possible. I wouldn't feel comfortable picking Ohio State by 14 points, mostly because I think. You know, I mean, it is far from a 80-20 kind of game that they win. And, you know, if you pick Ohio State to win by 14 points, I think the implied win probability there is something like 70, 75%. That feels high to me. It's probably, you know, I could certainly see, there are certainly plenty of scenarios where where that happens. And there's a scenario where Ohio State loses by 10 too. But I just, I think everything about this game to me, Screams close and low scoring, and everyone is real stressed out at about three o'clock on their couch or in the stadium. And
1: it can turn on a turnover. And Mm -hmm. talking about which defense is better, Penn State or Maryland, let's not forget how good the Maryland defense was against this Ohio State in the first half. Mm -hmm. And you're playing a better defense this time around. So to expect too many points, I think you're going to Ohio State, like Penn State, they'll both need help from their defense to maximize their offensive points in this world.
0: One other interesting storyline to keep an eye on for Saturday is Ohio State has started slow in a bunch of games. You know, they have not had, I think, the touchdown against Purdue was the first time they scored a touchdown in the first quarter in, or in like three or four games. Penn State has also gotten off to some slow starts. And it's not, you know, it's not like they're behind at half or something like that, but I think they were, they might have been tied at half with Northwestern. And they just—they have been more of a second half team than a first half team. So, you know, if someone can get off to a good start, both of these teams have been much better second half teams than first half teams. So, if you can get off to a good start on Saturday, you know, Ohio State—if Ohio State's up ten three in the second quarter, that's probably very good news for Ohio State because they have typically been a better second half team.
1: Yeah, and they can get out to a good start with that after with help from the environment. Mm-hmm. I know the the noon starts aren't everybody's favorites and it's not always the loudest atmosphere, but it is also a big recruiting weekend. So Ohio State is certainly looking for a big reaction from the crowd to help both uh, on the field and off the field with recruiting. Thomas uh, Hero says pretty much certain
0: that Ross Fulton and Blake Shelton are twins separated at birth. Ross obviously has more football knowledge though.
1: Uh, well, I, I can uh,
0: kind of see that.
1: I, I would like to hear what uh, Blake Shelton thinks about football.
0: Yep. The CT Foster says, still need to watch the Fulton analysis. He does a great job. Look forward to it. Yeah, that we post those on uh, our board for our members to look at several days early. And then you get a chance to uh, ask Ross questions about it, have the highlights in there, all that kind of stuff. So if you are, if you find the Ross Fulton int- stuff interesting, I always learn a lot talking to him. That is a great re- reason to become a member of BuckeyeHuddle.com because that's all on our Huddle board there. And we, and Ross is not our only exercise no. guy there either. We have Guys who specialize in defense. And so, yeah, that is a real... If you've been thinking, I wish I had a reason to support Tom and Tony and Kevin. Well, now you have a reason.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually editing a piece from uh, Michael Pettit about the defensive Mm -hmm. effort from Ohio State and all the different looks that they showed. So hopefully I'll get that posted tonight Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Murphy Serafino says, is this maybe the best shot Franklin is going to have at beating Ohio State since being Penn State head coach, excluding the blocked field goal weird game in 2016? Mm -hmm. I, I think... It's, I think this is a, for Michigan, this is a, you'd better get Ohio State and win the national championship this year because they're going to lose so many guys in the draft next year. Penn State, you're probably, you're not losing both running backs after this year. No, you're getting, Drew Aller has another year. I don't remember if, I don't remember how many guys then lose off the offensive line, but this is. They this lose is, their left tackle. They lose their left tackle. Who's yeah. their best pro, NFL draft prospect? But it, this is a. I think this may be James Franklin's best team in a lot of ways in a number of years. But I don't know if it's the best shot because they have such a home field advantage in in Happy Valley, coming to a, to, to Columbus. You know, a typical home field is like three in a bigger stadium, tougher home environment, like Ohio State, and you maybe get three and a half points. I feel like Penn state in the whiteout is worth like five and a half, six points. That's, that is a huge swing. And you know, I think they know they had a real chance to win. Even last year, they had a lead in the fourth quarter and let it get away. And the final score was something 42, 25 or something like that. That was not representative of what that game was for a long time.
1: I think this Ohio state team might be the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this Penn State team, this Penn State offense, is the most threatening. No. So there have been more threatening Penn State offenses that would have had a better shot coming in this weekend. yeah, and not that this Penn State team mm-hmm. doesn't because we have seen Ohio State's offense struggle. We have you know so there is evidence that it could happen against the best defense they've faced. But it's an Ohio stadium there there are some things going against Penn State here, well, and also this is probably the best
0: Ohio State defense we've seen in. 2019. 2019, probably four years. So, you know, between, you know, yeah, the Ohio State offense is not up to the standard of what you've come to expect from an Ohio State offense the last few years, but the defense is way above where yeah. that bar has been set. And the fact that it's at home, it, you know, I, I think this is going to be a very, you know, Penn State and Ohio State have a long history of playing very stressful games for fans yeah. on both sides of the, of the, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but both sides of the series. I'm going to guess that this Saturday probably ends up in that boat as well.
1: Yep. Are we done? I think we've we've very close to listeners. I think we've
0: gotten through. We'll, we'll take, take one more quick look at the look at the, the, the bottom. Yes. Okay. Uh, yep. I think we've think we've gotten. Oh, <laughs> Jeremiah Yoder says. Do both of you remember the two years in a row when Ohio State won this game by one point? This is the type of game we'll see on Saturday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. I do expect a four-quarter game. I do. The four quarter game, the the games down the stretch are terrible because I have to leave the press box at some point, and you're always trying to pick the right point to leave in a close game. And usually you like you wait for a score and then you try to get down as quickly as possible. But if you wait too long, the coaches they 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 hold the elevators for the coaches, and so you're just stuck. So it's very. I'm going to have to leave like midway through just so I can – midway through the fourth quarter just so I can avoid anything like
0: that. I remember we've told the story of the Ben Victor touchdown in 2018 a million times on this show, so we're not going to do that again. But I will tell you the beginning of the 2017 game, I stayed on the field at the beginning of the game to record Ohio State running out of the tunnel. And then I'm like running across the stadium and over to the elevators And I'm going up the elevators, and there's a loud roar. I have no idea who who has won the coin toss, who has kicked off, what has happened. There's a loud roar while I'm in the elevator. And I was like, well, this could be literally anything. And I get out, and Saquon Barkley has run back the opening kickoff for Penn State.
1: Yeah, he sure did. But uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. As as Tom said earlier, check us out at Buckeye Huddle. Become a member. Tons of X's and O's stuff, tons of team coverage and recruiting as well. If you're into any of that, come find us there. We would appreciate that. Also, if you're watching this now, go ahead and like and subscribe. If you are listening to the podcast version of this go ahead and give us a five star rating and review wherever you are listening to it and I think that's gonna do it want well, to uh, thank you all for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys later